You hear it all the time with shoulder problems. Rotator cuff weakness, rotator cuff strain, rotator cuff tendonitis, you need to strengthen your rotator cuff. But what does this all really mean? Let's clear up a lot of the confusion, explain what the rotator cuff actually is, and how it functions in all of your activities and sports. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. For any of my new listeners out there, you're in the right place to hear about all of these topics that are geared to help you along your journey and elevate your performance. There have been a lot of great guest interviews who share their journey that a lot of us can relate to, as well as solo episodes where I cover topics dealing with sports medicine, injury prevention, rehabilitation, strength and conditioning, even sports nutrition concepts as well. For all of my returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in and I appreciate all of the continued support. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to contact me, reach out on social media. Also check out my YouTube channel. I've been putting up YouTube video highlight clips of all of these episodes, small clips that have been going up on my YouTube channel daily. So be sure to check that out and watch some of the video content that match the audio that you've been listening to. And if you would like me to cover certain topics, do certain podcast episodes, or even YouTube content, feel free to reach out again. I would love to try to be of help, and that's my goal, is to try to make helpful content for all of you to improve your performance and do all the things that you love doing. Let's get into today's episode, and it's going to be all about rotator cuff. This is like rotator cuff 101. So be sure to check this episode out. I'm also gonna put up a lot of other related content on my YouTube channel, on my social media, my Instagram, Twitter. So be sure to keep checking out. If you haven't followed me on all these platforms, go check it out, follow me, and of course, interact and like and subscribe as well. So let's just start with rotator cuff anatomy. Your rotator cuff is composed of four muscles. Your supraspinatus, which sits on top of your humeral head. Then below that on the posterior aspect, you have your infraspinatus and your teres minor. Then on the anterior side, attaching into the lesser tubercle of the humerus, you have your subscapularis. So your subscapularis sits on the anterior surface of your scapula. And that's in between the scapula and your rib cage. So that is where the subscapularis sits and it attaches to the anterior side or the lesser tubercle of your humerus. So if you just look at the muscles and the line of pull, yes, they do have isolated muscle actions. And your infraspinatus and teres minor, they are going to be external rotators. Your infraspinatus is actually a very strong external rotator of your humerus. Then on the anterior side, because subscapularis is attaching to that lesser tubercle, the subscapularis is going to be an internal rotator of the humerus. And then the fourth muscle, the supraspinatus that's lying on top of your humor head, attaching to that greater tubercle, its isolated function is to initiate the first about 10 to 15 degrees of shoulder abduction when you're lifting your arm out to the side. That is actually a very crucial action because until we get our arm about 15 degrees in abduction, our deltoid isn't in a position where it can fully abduct our arm. So we need to get it out a little bit away from our body and that's what the supraspinatus does so that our deltoid can kick in and further lift our arm or shoulder into abduction. 
Now, more importantly, beyond the isolated muscle action, what your rotator cuff collectively does is it creates dynamic stability by creating a compressive force with the humeral head pushing into the glenoid fossa. That's part of your scapula. And that compressive force will keep the humeral head congruent with the glenoid fossa whenever you're doing any type of arm motion, but more importantly, whenever you're trying to exert more force or higher velocity speeds at the shoulder joint, your glenohumeral joint. And the most important main functional action of your infraspinatus and teres minor is to eccentrically slow down your arm whenever we have high velocity internal rotation movements. These movements that we see with throwing and hitting sports. So even though we talked about the isolated function of your rotary cuff, know that your rotary cuff has a lot more responsibility when it comes to any type of shoulder joint movement. The functional action again of the rotator cuff is to provide that dynamic stability of your shoulder joint. And this becomes increasingly more demanding of a task whenever your shoulder joint is under higher loads or resistance, or whenever it's executing any higher speed or velocity types of movements, like throwing or hitting or any type of overhead athletics. So how does it provide this dynamic stability? Again, we mentioned compression, so it pulls the humeral head into the socket, the glenoid fossa of your scapula. But more importantly, whenever you move your arm and your humerus is moving within that socket, we need to make sure that we keep the humeral head congruent with the socket. Because if we didn't, it would just roll out of the socket, hit our acromion up top, or it would dislocate inferiorly or anteriorly. So it's very important that those muscles act like reins to keep our humeral head in contact with our glenoid. What happens is the supraspinatus from up top, that is going to be very important in depressing the humeral head, making sure that it does not jam up into our acromion. And this happens with the force couple with the rest of the rotator cuff. So especially infraspinatus and subscapularis, they provide a lot of stability trying to depress our humeral head as the supraspinatus from up top is trying to push our humeral head down. Of course, teres minor assists with that, but it has been shown that infraspinatus especially provides a lot of that stability. Subscapularis assists with that whenever we're lower than about 120 degrees or so but also subscapularis helps to create some anterior stability because it's the only muscle that's on the anterior side of our humerus so especially when we're in an extension or external rotation and abduction when we're throwing that is where all these muscles will collectively try to keep that humeral head in the correct position in relation to the glenoid in research and anecdotally typically the supraspinatus is the most injured rotator cuff muscle the second most injured rotator cuff muscle is your infraspinatus. And those are the two muscles that are the most active in providing this dynamic shoulder stability. Whenever we're above that 120 degrees or so, especially in overhead athletics, that is when the infraspinatus has a lot of responsibility to try to prevent our humeral head from translating too much superiorly. So that is one of the reasons why whenever you have any type of overuse type of shoulder injuries, the infraspinatus is holding a lot of excessive tension, maybe just getting short and tight so it can't adequately do its job to provide that dynamic shoulder stability. So those are the key points when it comes to rotator cuff function. But before proper rotator cuff function, there are prerequisites that are needed in order to set our rotator cuff up so that it can do its job. And this is where this becomes extremely important because a lot of this deals with scapular position. Remember, when we talked about origins and insertions, your rotator cuff are connecting your scapula to your humerus. And that is your true shoulder joint, your glenohumeral joint. Because of that, if our scapula is one, not in a good position or not stable, 
that is going to put our rotator cuff at an extreme disadvantage to do its job. Your rotator cuff could be strong and in condition, but if you have poor scapular position and stability, it doesn't matter how strong and conditioned your rotator cuff is. And these muscles are going to have to work excessively hard to try to carry out that task. So remember that we need to have good shoulder blade positioning and stability. The second thing is that you need to have good posture. Scapular stability and positioning that heavily relies on our overall posture and where our T-spine is in space too. Because a lot of the muscles that stabilize our scapula, they are attaching to our axial skeleton or our spinal column. Whenever there's a breakdown in the chain, you are going to be at a disadvantage for scapular stability, which in turn will be a disadvantage for your rotator cuff function. I will cover those in another video, but just know that they are important for rotator cuff function. So as you continue to work on your overall posture, your scapular stability, the next thing is that we need to just activate your rotator cuff, making sure that these muscles can fire and you can stabilize your shoulder joint so that you can generate more force or velocity through the bigger muscles of the upper extremity. Now this is where I wanna dive a little deeper. You see it commonly being done that you're using light weights to get maximal rotator cuff activation, try not to get your bigger muscles involved, and then you're just doing these for reps. Those have its purpose. It's good for just trying to improve some basic low level strength and endurance capacity, but you can see doing reps with something for your rotator cuff, that is way different than if you had to push or pull a lot of weight, if you had to throw a ball, if you had to hit something, if you had to do things that are more intense and demanding. So for the activation, what I wanna introduce is that there is going to be a spectrum of what you need to consider whenever you're applying these rotator cuff exercises. So the first thing is the speed of the movement. You need to look along that spectrum of everything between isometric exercises, meaning just activating and firing that muscle with no movement, all the way to plyometric exercises, where you are doing some type of high velocity movement that's emphasizing acceleration and deceleration components that bring you a little closer to the speeds that we're going to encounter in sports. And then the second point of activation is remember that posture and shoulder blade stability is very crucial into setting us up for proper rotary cuff function. So you need to consider what positions do you need to create this activation in? Are you an overhead athlete that needs dynamic stability when your arm is overhead? Are you a power lifter where you need adequate stability in these power lifting movements? What is the shoulder blade position that you really need to target and make sure that you build that up? Once you start to do that, you'll start to be bridging that gap from these basic rotator cuff activation exercises all the way up to building it up for functional activities. And again, like with anything else, there's a progression. You're going to start to play around with the variables such as load, training volume, speed of movement, what you're trying to get your shoulder in condition for. And remember, take into consideration what you're doing or practicing for your sport and activities, because that is going to be incorporated into the strength and conditioning to train your rotator cuff. You can't just go from basic exercises to going out one practice and throwing 150 pitches. You're going to have to gradually train your rotator cuff and make sure that you can handle and tolerate all of the demands in your activities without breaking your shoulder down. When you start to do that, you'll have less shoulder issues, less shoulder tightness, you'll reduce your injury risk, but more importantly, you're going to feel better and feel like you can perform optimally. And the last thing I wanna mention here is that when you start to be more in tune with what your shoulder actually needs, 
You're going to create more awareness with how you're moving, what's your form and technique like, especially when you're getting fatigued, because that is really what we wanna do. We wanna make sure that we can push ourselves in a good productive way and not push ourselves in that way that's unproductive, that's going to cause excessive tightness, detrimental adaptations, and in turn, just break our body down and our shoulder health will decline. We want to try to avoid that. So make sure that you're paying attention to all of the things that you need to address with corrective exercises, mobility work, strength and conditioning, and gradually ramping up in your sports and activities. And that will set you up for optimal shoulder health and you'll be able to do all of the things that you love to do. That is all that I have for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. I hope this gives you a good overview and understanding as to what your rotator cuff is and some conceptual things that you need to consider whenever you're training and strengthening your rotator cuff muscles for your sports and your activities. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to contact me on social media. Be sure to check out my YouTube page because there will be video content with a lot more visuals and explanations when it comes to rotator cuff function. If you're liking this content, please share it with family, friends, coaches, teammates, anybody that's looking to optimize their performance. You can find me on social media. All of my handles are HL Movement. Check out that for a lot more free content as well. Other than that, keep training smart, training hard, take care of those shoulders so that you can do all of the things that you love doing. And new episodes are released every Tuesday. So I will be back here, same time, same place next week. Until then, aloha.